to another edition of the Unicorns Podcast. This is a podcast series featuring business leaders, motivators, innovators, and general go-getters. When you think about COVID-19 and its devastating impacts across the global economy, the natural flow-on effect for businesses everywhere, especially to survive, was to innovate and to do that very quickly. It's why I'm looking forward to today's chat with Drew Coley, the Head of Growth and Operations at Grabox Kitchens. And this is a business that is really thinking outside of the box. And so far, it's so good. And it's doing very well from what I've heard. Drew Coley, welcome to the program. Thanks, Justin. Uh, It's my pleasure to be here. Okay. Can you tell our listeners about Grabox Kitchens? Sure. So basically, Grabbox Kitchens uh, help local restaurants to foster virtual delivery-only brands into their existing kitchens. So, you know, during COVID, we have seen that, you know, where the dine-in, uh, dine-in restaurants are struggling and not everyone is uh, not everyone is great in food delivery market. It's a very competitive market and only 10% of the restaurants are able to sort of compete in that market a lot of a lot of the businesses closed didn't they the restaurants yes yes true like a lot of businesses have been closed and you know many of them have uh, have been out of the businesses so it was very very necessary for the for the industry to have some sort of transformation and that's and that's where like you know grabos kitchens came in where we help restaurant owners to foster virtual delivery only brands into the existing kitchens so we help them creating the menu give them our virtual brand franchisee because you know traditional franchises are really expensive like as sort of mcdonald's domino's not everyone can afford it but with yeah. this food delivery market where you know People most of the times order from Uber Eats, Delivery, DoorDash, and MenuLog. So we help these restaurants to foster our virtual franchises into their kitchens and help them to make additional revenue. Okay, so tell us how it all works. Sure. Let's say uh, we do. Uh, our our tech helps us to you know the kitchen assessment of the restaurant and the restaurant. Let's say there's a kebab shop or a, a you know who don't sell burgers and all that stuff. They're pretty well known for their kebabs and everything, but you yeah. know they don't want to sell burgers because it dilutes their brand value. And more than that, you know the lack of menu innovation, the lack of marketing, lack of tech uh, infrastructure that how it should be working on the food delivery platforms and all that stuff adds a lot of reason. So what Grabbox does is that we do the kitchen assessment and make sure they have necessary equipment and ingredients, and then we create the menu for that particular location and foster one okay. of our virtual brands in there. And then restaurant just starts cooking food and we pay them to cook uh, per item. So they don't pay any commissions, nothing. So literally they get paid for making food, which they are best at. Mm. So, you know, it, it's uh, just in time. Like when the order comes through, that's that's when they start cooking. Sure, 100%. And they go through all the training and everything where they get to know like how to cook that particular uh, recipe and all that stuff. All the recipes have been created in, uh, through taking into account the data that what's the uh, what's the shortage in that particular area and what the customers are demanding. So that ensures the reg- restaurants are getting regular orders and hence they're making uh, revenue. I'm fascinated to know where the idea came from, Drew. Sure. Like, so basically uh, we had a brief history where Grabbox was uh, from last two years, our parent company Grabbox was working with over like 500 restaurants in Australia, helping them to enhance the food delivery experience by placing free products in the food delivery bags. So we're working with like over 100 multinational brands and all that stuff and 500 restaurants in Australia and then in the UK and New Zealand. 
we're on one hand we were helping restaurants enhance the food delivery experience but uh, the next step was to help them to increase the revenue per side as well so mm. as the covid hit and many of our restaurants were switching to delivery but most of them were not able to get a success in the delivery market and they were struggling and that's where the team at gravos kitchens got together and say hey how we can really help these restaurants how we can use our marketing knowledge how we can use the data that we collected over time and help mm. help them uh, to actually foster those brands into the kitchens and create a win-win situation for everyone, win-win situation for customers because they can find the food that they were not able to find before, for restaurants because they go up from making more money and hence you know lo- low overheads and of course uh, which means more jobs in the community. So this is an idea or a way for existing kitchens to increase their output uh, per day per night by you know cooking up some of the food on on a menu that only exists online 100 percent, uh, 100% and more than that like you know it's uh what it's really like a contingency plan because with with situation of covid like they they're getting more prominent on delivery platforms now and and players like grabos kitchens are helping them to get mm. additional income which were not possible before us and what's the um tell me what's the reaction been like from the industry itself from the the kitchens that you're going into and work the chefs that you're working with the business operators do they do they like the concept in fact the response has been really positive in fact one of our restaurant partners made like ten thousand dollars in first month which was a great great achievement and and in fact wow. his site rent is only seven thousand dollars and if he takes cogs as 30 percent so his whole rent is being paid by grabbox kitchens and he just put his another restaurant with us and stating that hey can i get my another restaurant as well because i'm really <laughs> loving it and right. only that uh, we we only in sydney at this stage and we have seen the interest coming in from melbourne brisbane not only from that overseas like we haven't established Grabbox Kitchens in UK yet and uh, in India, but we already seen inquiries coming in. How can we be part of it? And how can Grabbox Kitchens help us to foster brands into the existing kitchens? And uh, and very interesting fact, Justin, uh, one side is the restaurants, but we have also seen some large clubs coming in, the leagues club, yeah. uh, who are not into delivery space at all. The hotel chains yep. who were not never into delivery space, they have got these massive underutilized commercial kitchens that's never being used for delivery. And, you know, they, they are finding the ways that how we can help them really to be into delivery market, how they can foster our brands into there. So it's really fascinating right. to get all that interest from the market. What a great idea. So who um who's involved in the business? Obviously, yourself as uh, head of growth and operations. Um Give us give us a sense of the, the size and scale of the operation that you're running. Sure. So we are a team of 30 at this stage, uh, running operations in Australia, New Zealand, and UK. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, our founding team comes from a varied background experience, like our CEO, Harish, uh, has worked in, uh, you know, uh, FMCG organizations and fast food organizations such as McDonald's right and you know and worked in the fintech sector itself and uh, i myself comes from like fmcg sector and also spent like three years in kfc and another co-founder harsh he comes from hungry jack so we we bring that experience of food uh you know like that we that we sort of uh, had amassed over uh past 15 to 20 years and not only that we, we we are supported by some great advisors as well like uh namely uh, Mandeep Zerdi and Chris Barden, you know, who have uh, done a lot of great tech startups yes. in the Australian market yep. and, you know, yep. helping us to get through this journey. And uh, and after all, like, you know, thanks to our angel investors, you know, who have uh, sort of put uh, faith in us and, you know, funded us to get on this journey. 
And so I'm sure you've been asked this question before. How is your business different to um, dark kitchens that are that are popping up everywhere? Can you explain to us the difference between what you're doing and how these dark kitchens operate? Sure. See, uh, firstly, myself, I'm a very strong believer of asset life model, right? And I always see that how you can use the existing assets in the community, in the countries, and you don't need to build the new assets. With the dark kitchens, there are uh, companies who are popping kitchens in the warehouses and all the stuff, creating new sort of commercial kitchens where restaurants can expand their reach. But whereas what Crowbox is doing is that we are capitalizing on existing infrastructure. The whole idea was that we already have a few hundred thousand kitchens lying, you know, idle in the country. So why Mm. we need to Mm. go and make the new kitchens in those warehouses? And first of all, the question comes in, are those kitchens in the warehouses really hygienic? Uh, yeah. You know, do they have proper food licenses and all that stuff? So that's where, you know, with Crowbox, we work with the sites that are, you know, properly approved by council. They are existing restaurants, so they have all sort of equipment, all sort of, you know, COVID safe plans and all that stuff, which uh, distincts us from the dark kitchens. So instead of helping restaurants to capitalize on and increase their reach and pay more rent and hence, you know, have extra staffing costs and all that stuff. We help them to capitalize on their existing infrastructure without any cost. So you mentioned you're in Sydney at the moment and obviously there's there's interest everywhere. Um, how many restaurants, cafes, clubs do you have on board at the moment and, and how has it grown since launch? Sure. So basically we have about 20 locations at this stage and we only launched nearly four weeks ago. And uh, to be honest, we got another 20 to 13 pipelines, which we are trying to get them set up and all that stuff. Uh, We're getting interest from all across the country, uh, surprisingly from WA as well, and now from New Zealand as well. (laughs) How do you keep up? (laughs) Uh, It's it's, honestly, it's it's tough in a startup space. And then, you know, like the growth is the key. And... uh, what we do is that we, uh, on, on, every Monday me- on every Monday meeting, we have a strategy session. We see what opportunities are available, which ones are the best mm. to capitalize on, and how we're going to reach that thing. But, you know, at the end, we want to make sure that we, we serve every single state in Australia and all that stuff. So the model itself is really scalable. So what we are building is, is like, you know, scalable model. So, of course, our tech really helps us to scale it yes. uh, from, you know, 20 locations to 200 locations to 2,000. And and what sort of meals are on offer? What what can I get if I if I order through Grabox Kitchens? Sure. So we have multiple brands in place. At this stage, we have three brands launched in Australia with another few in pipeline. So one of our brands is Whataburger, uh, right? Whataburger. Yeah. Yep. So what a burger, uh, so literally, uh, you know, we have seen that like, you know, uh, literally many like I'm a big burger fan, right? And and all that stuff. But when it comes to burgers, burger, like, yeah. you know, the burgers are, you know, they, they're not big. They can't fill, fill you up and all that stuff. With burgers, you have massive burgers that can fill you up and all that stuff, right? <laughs> and and that's like one of the key things with our burgers and all that stuff. And another one that we sort of just started recently, Sing versus Ready. That's an Indian brand. So basically, you know, this 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 is a big thing for us. When we think about today, an Indian brand or a Korean brand or a Chinese brand, yes. we can't yes. think of any chain in our mind, right? We always think of our local restaurants and all that Correct. stuff, right? Correct. You yes. think about burgers, you think about fast food, you think about McDonald's, KFC, uh, Domino's and all that stuff. But yes. not about like, you know, food. So this is where we said like, hey, it's a massive opportunity for us to make Sing versus Ready, our Indian brand, a chain in Australia. So basically when people would like to try Indian food, they literally think of, hey, let's order from Sing versus Ready. 
But in saying that, Justin, it's very different from traditional food. So in traditional Indian restaurant, you can go in and get a butter chicken and rice and all that stuff. We sort of create the concepts that are data-driven and hence, you know, meal the concepts. Because if you see today's generation would like to consume their food while watching Netflix, Amazon Prime and all that stuff. We want to be in our comfort zone. So we create this ball concept. So, And we also want to make the meals affordable because at this stage, you know, that one thing that frustrates me was every time I was out on travel and I order something from Indian restaurant like butter chicken and rice, it's going to cost me like 40 odd bucks. And, you know, and the quantity is too big and I can't eat the whole thing. So yeah. what's going to happen with that? So we create this ball concept. So let's say you can order butter chicken and rice ball, uh, like sort of, you know, how pocky balls are there. So you can also order yes. butter chicken and rice ball now. That's a meal for one. And you can I'm eat I'm getting hungry, sure. <laughs> uh, me too. Like, in fact, uh, you know, and then... Uh, we we sort of come up with a different concept, like uh, you know the next one that we are uh, you know working on is the Thai Thai flame, which is like literally you go to Thai restaurant today and you will order sardine chicken separately and someone will order sticky rice and peanut sauce. Imagine yeah. they all come in a box and then you know you eating at your comfort zone, not on a dining table. So that sort of food concepts we create that helps to cater the millennial organization, makes it affordable and of course the tasty and ensure that the taste is there. Okay, and what uh, delivery mechanism are you using at the moment to get the food from the restaurants to the front door? Sure, so we partnered with various platforms such as Uber Eats, Menulog, Deliveroo, DoorDash. Uh, we're working mm. with all these food delivery platforms uh, because, first of all, there's a huge customer base, there's a huge demand on these uh, on these platforms, and plus, you know, we with, with some of the platforms, we also get access to data that what sort of data is missing uh, in these particular areas like you know let's say a neutral way mexican cuisine is very less let's focus on mexican cuisine or you know in lane cove there is very less korean restaurants or korean cuisine so that helps us to work collaboratively with these uh with these delivery platforms in fact you know i guess that's that's the best thing because we are capitalizing on infrastructure that is already built by these food delivery platforms the customers are there it's all like how we present ourselves and you know get our kitchens to cook the best food so if I want to have a burger, a water burger, how do I go about doing that? What sure. do I need to do? Oh, you just go to Uber Eats, let's say, because Whataburger store is in Lane Cove, Bondi, Kuchi, and Fitzroy, uh, Escapville, yeah. multiple locations. You just type in your location, Lane Cove, and you will see Whataburger store. And then literally you can order from Whataburger as you normally do from McDonald's or KFC. Right. So the customer would have no idea that a Whataburger store does not physically exist as a as a chain like i could go in and order but it's being prepared the same way it is everywhere but it's just done in a kitchen with some excess capacity and it's coming out hot and fresh and delicious 100 percent, exactly right so basically first of all like you know for us making sure that the customers so we have a lot of slas in place we have a lot of checks in place to ensure the food that gets delivered to the customers is 100 percent like cooked well is packed well and and is safe and healthy like most of our yeah, kitchens, yeah, all of our kitchens have covered safe plan as well and on top of that like you know this way first of all we are providing the heavy opex we are not building the unnecessary infrastructure that is not needed in the world yes we are yeah. just capitalizing on existing infrastructure. So this way, uh, you know, customers, and in fact, uh, in, in last few weeks, we have also seen the trends where we are getting pickup orders from Uber Eats and uh, like, you know, sort of delivery where customers come in to pick up the orders and, and they're really fascinated that how we are not only <laughs> cooking them, the, serving them the fresh food, but we are helping the local restaurants. So in yeah. one way or the other, 
they are supporting those local restaurants by ordering through us because although the food order goes through us, but in one way, at the end result is getting passed onto your local restaurant that was not able to compete against these big chains in the food delivery market. So how do I make sure, or how do you make sure that the Whataburger burger that I buy from Lane Cove in Sydney is the same as the one that I get at Kuji? Sure. So basically two things, right? Uh, First of all, the training uh, is there ensuring that, you know, we also connect our restaurants with the suppliers, like for particular things like burger buns and all that stuff. But the thing that we also do one one different thing from others, because if you see companies like McDonald's and all that stuff, you go to Vietnam, you go to India, the menus are very different, right? The menu sorts of differs because people's taste differ. But if you see today's in Australia, in every suburb, there's a communities, right? Like, you know, you go to Stratford where you find a lot of Asian people. You go to, like, you know, Parramatta, you'll find a lot of Indian people. You go to Bondi, you'll find a lot of Aussie people. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. want to cater to the taste. And this is the very yes. unique thing about us. So how we interpret data at our HQ is that, hey, what is the target audience in Bondi? And how we make sure that, like, you know, our food fits that targeted audience. So that's the biggest selling point for us. Uh, yes, the consistency is there. Consistency is there is in quality. Consistency is there in taste. But one thing we do differently from everyone else is that we cater to the local audience because it's a three-kilometer radius and you have to be very close to your local audience. For example, you know, in Paramount, I know that my burger patty has to be spicy because people love spicy food. Yes. But in Bombay, yeah. it hasn't had to be that spicy. So that sort of things we do take into account, which, you know, traditional restaurants cannot take into account because they don't have that access to data as of yet. But whereas Krabos gets that access to that data, that what sort of demographics is sitting in the market. So I think that's a big advantage for us that, in fact, you know, mm. in a in, in, in few months' time, uh, we will have enough data to understand that, hey, if person ABC is ordering this and this is like, you know, let's interpret that data. This is what most of people are ordering. And this is how we need to create our food concepts of the future. And so just just using the burger example again, because I, I, I think the, the concept is fantastic. I love it. How do you uh, choose which restaurants are cooking, say, Whataburger? Do you, are you looking for like a cafe or does it matter if it's a Thai restaurant or an Indian restaurant or a Chinese restaurant? How do you find the, the right um, restaurant and the chefs to match the, the menu items that you're offering? Sure. So that's where our kitchen assessment software comes in in place. So of course, like the burgers cannot be cooked by the Indian restaurant or the Thai restaurant. It'll be cooked by mostly the burger joints, existing burger joints or cafes and all that okay. stuff. Okay. Right? Yep. Uh, yep. They yep. need to meet certain criteria like, you know, uh, ensuring that they have uh, minimum required equipment that we always place that you need to have hot plate, grill, fryers, all that stuff. Uh, they need to go through training, food licenses and all that stuff. And ensuring that like, you know, it's not like a, a curry restaurant is cooking a pizza or a burger it's like <laughs> yeah. actual restaurant is gonna cook a burger yes. uh like or a british and all that stuff so the customer experience um for ordering through uber eats they would they would never know that uh this was happening behind the scenes the only thing they know is that uh they've ordered some food it arrives on time it's nicely cooked reasonably priced is that is that the customer experience thus far? 
Exactly. And one more thing, because customer also gets freebie every time they order from Whataburger, because we put a lot of samples in our bags from our brand. Mm. So let's say, and, and in fact, we got some great comments on our, on our uh, like delivery platforms, like a customer comes in and saying that they ordered $120 worth of stuff and say, hey, thanks for some Red Rock Deli nuts that you guys sent us along with the meal, because they never ordered it. It's a freebie, but it's a gesture that customer got it. All yeah, that and that, that 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 goodwill goes a long way, doesn't it? Hundred percent. And uh, you know, like they and and customers are mentioning publicly that they will recommend to uh, to the other customers as well, and will definitely order again from this thing. And although we are virtual brand, but you know, if our average our average spend is matching the industry standards, it's like thirty six dollars at this stage. Like, mm. and whereas, like you know, and some of our sites have already passed five hundred orders in three weeks' time. So, which is like a great interest from the customers. And in fact, like, you know, the, the interesting fact is that one of our customers has ordered six times in the last three weeks from us. <laughs> so that's, that's, right. that's Yeah, one of the customers ordered six. And we got like 84 repeat customers in three weeks. So, which means people are loving our burgers. People are loving what we are doing. And in fact, you know, uh, they are really, really fascinated by this new concept of uh, supporting the local restaurants and uh, at the same time enjoying the fresh and tasty food. So I know you've just launched and it is early days, but um, from everything you've said, the early indications are that the business is is really finding its feet and it's it's going strongly. Is that is that right? Exactly. And you know, uh, from our previous experience with Crowbox, which uh, our parent company, you know, we we already got this strong relationship with the restaurant, so scalability is never a challenge. Uh, we already present in three countries, uh, and I guess like you know, for us, uh, it it has shown a great growth in past few weeks and. Uh, with food delivery market being a massive market, uh, you know, going to be reaching a few trillion dollars in the like next five to ten years. We think there's a there's a lot of play to to be get covered, and you know, uh, a lot of interest from the markets like UK, India, and Southeast Asia. So we're really excited to to keep this growing, and hence, first of all, serve Australia, New Zealand, and hence grow our footprint globally. So tell us again the um, again uh, this, this will obviously change over time. At the moment, the geographical footprint that you've got in Sydney, because I'm sure there are listeners who will want to start looking for um, your menu items, but they obviously have to be in the places close enough to where that they can get the food. Sure. So in Sydney, uh, so we have some locations in Melbourne and Sydney as well. So in Sydney, we are in Lane Cove, Bondi, Coogee, Parramatta, Willoughby. Uh, Randwick, uh, Redfern, uh, Neutral Bay, and in Melbourne we are in Fitzroy, we are in uh, uh, Melbourne CBD, uh, we are in Ascot Vale, and we also got a store coming out in Brisbane in a week's time, which is in Brisbane CBD. Yeah, these are the locations that we already own. So, Drew, what is the what is the outlook then? Obviously, things are things are growing quickly. Uh, for the business in uh, in 2021, where are you where are you looking to to grow? So uh, basically, we'll increase our uh, footprint across Australia. We'll be about in uh, 500 to 800 locations, and then we'll also have plans to launch in uh, UK and US. So UK is looking for Q2, and US is about Q3 mark, uh, Q3 mark in 2021. And you know, at the end, our vision is to support these local restaurants. So that vision will be always inspiring, and will be growing uh, as we grow in 2021. And so how you mentioned angel investors before, how is this venture being funded? 
So we we raised our pre-seed uh, round initially for our parent company, and then uh, in fact we are lucky enough to generate massive profits through which the venture is being funded. Right, in mm-hmm. fact we are one of the profitable startups, uh, which which is a great uh, sure. great to have. And uh, now as as we are growing and we are in the market with uh, closing our Series A round with uh, uh, with most of the commitments on the table, and you know that's that's where we are looking to close that round and hence grow our footprint further in Australia and globally. And what specifically is is your business model? Can you take us through how how it works? Sure. So basically, uh, we work with the restaurants. Let's say we go to a restaurant and say, hey, this is our menu and we're going to pay you for this particular burger. Let's say, you know, one of our burgers is Kamala Special Veggie Burger, named after US Vice President Kamala Harris. Right. So it's a Kamala special veggie burger. Uh, we tell the recipe, we tell the ingredients, and we agree on the price of the restaurants. Let's say we're going to pay $7 to the restaurant for cooking this burger. And yes. then we sell, definitely put our markup, and we, we deal with platforms to pay their commission fee and all that stuff. And we make about nearly 14 to 15% of every single item that we sell through, uh, okay. sell through. But in saying that, we also take care of all the marketing. So restaurants yeah. do not spend anything on marketing. They do not have any overhead cost. We take care of customer relationship management, all the tech uh, platforms, and ensuring that you know uh, platform fee, the food delivery platform fee, and help and in in short, like getting them uh, and helping them to uh, set up for success. That's what we do, uh, mm-hmm. you know. At the at the end, like uh, so, they don't have that headache of uh, you know running the promotions or how to run the promotions or how to reach out to the customers. So we do all that heavy lifting for them, and we just get them to do what they're best at, which is cooking a great food. Well, it really is a great story, and definitely a company to watch in the future. Grabox Kitchens coming to your suburb very soon. Keep your eyes out for them. And my guest today on the Unicorns was Drew Coley, the head of growth and operations at Grabox Kitchens.